3: watch what you want when you want immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect phillips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club
4: Brittany is free taylor's re-record success and board Ape yacht club nfts you're listening to the, the biz, biz tape, tape. Welcome to The Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my returning co-host, Joseph Waslewski. You hear
5: that? Returning. I'm uh, back, baby. I know. You, I'm back. I'm ready to you go. You got
4: the seat back from Rachel. I'm surprised. Yeah, I it had was to, a hard-fought
5: battle. I had to fight him for him for it.
4: I, <laughs> I have... Yes, you are a fighter with fists, not with fighter words. with fists
5: and heart. <laughs> oh my
4: God. <laughs> Me, no much. Now, uh, anyway, uh, well, Joe, we got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we um, do. I mean, there's so, so much I'm going to try our best. This might go a, a little bit longer than usual, but there is just so much to talk about. And, uh, As always, if you want to follow us biz tape pretty much everywhere. I also want to put that uh, people were talking to me about Instagram polls. I'm also putting it on Twitter now, so if you're a Twitter feed, if you have that uh, Twitter blue subscription, then
5: is she still in
4: I you know that it was until you asked is it still in oh, now anyway now uh, <laughs> but you can follow us on the biz Dave everywhere biztapepodcast at gmail.com with email us about anything and download the podcast and I was going to shout out funny enough I was through the power of analytics I have <laughs> the ability to see things and so I you know obviously we're is God we this podcast. S- we're based in the United States obviously so majority of our listeners are in there do you know what the second country is I wanted to give him a shout out because I don't think you would expect it brazil ireland Ooh, yes so shout out to our I- irish, irish listeners yeah. thank you so, so much yeah i just thought that was good that was randomly like people would be like huh really yep really yeah <laughs> so we got it uh you know and with anyway i just gotta there's so much that it's like bombarding my brain that's mm-hmm. why i'm having such a hard time talking so joe you start talking and then i'll talk <laughs> later okay god
5: the pressure is the spotlight's on right me now well, first things first, we got to talk about it. Britney Spears has been freed from her conservatorship. So, a Los Angeles judge has ruled that Britney is free from her 14 year conservatorship. Quote As of today, the conservatorship of the person in the state of Britney, Jean Spears, is hereby terminated, Judge Brenda Penny said. And outside the courthouse, Britney fans cheered as Spears' newest attorney, Matthew Rosengart, told reporters that the case, quote, helped shine a light on conservatorships and guardianships from coast to coast, from California to New York, and that it took a tremendous amount of insight, courage, and grace. So no arguments were offered for the 13-minute the 30-minute hearing as the judge judge's move was expected beforehand. Okay. Um, and according to the Associated Press earlier in the legal battle, many legal experts said that this was unlikely to happen. Yeah,
4: that's what I thought. Yeah, too. like
5: everyone was telling us like, no, nah, it's not going
4: to happen. I mean, we were literally on this show when this whole thing started coming up. It was probably one of our you know first stories that we really repeatedly went on and like every legal expert was like this is going to take years we don't even know it's going to work yeah so when people said that i was like "Is pretty really free but she is like it's insane
5: yeah but apparently a lot of legal experts said that this would be a departure from com- common court practice if like it was accelerated okay and uh it was accelerated for sure Um, But the judge said that at a Wednesday's hearing that California law did not require her to order further evaluation of Spears if no one requested it. Interesting. And it seemed like no one did. Yeah. And although she has been freed uh, from this legal battle, many are to come. Uh, as Rosengard has vowed to pursue and investigate James Spears's role into the abuse and management of Britney, and may pursue legal action against him, including
4: monetary action against him. I just I, I'm in shock that it was this fast. To be honest with you, That's I more of my thing.
5: had a gut sensation when we first when 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 things really broke out, right, where she had that first statement that leaked. Yeah, that the amount of press and uh, interest in the case. Would speed things up because you really think if, that was what did it? I think uh, absolutely. I think that's what did it because, yeah. like, if we look at any legal case, really, or just how court works in general, a lot of the more high-profile court cases get seen quicker. In that's general true. Then, that then many other cases because people put so much pressure on the legal system at that point. So was, it really should be the norm for everyone in the legal system to be perfectly honest with you. People are going to play their cards exactly. That they
4: have, and clearly, Brittany had number of fans and supporters and famous supporters and everything. And so, I think for a lot of people, maybe even adding into this, like no, nobody like I, I personally didn't know what a conservatorship was. Until, oh really? yeah like I, I
5: knew what a guardianship was well
4: I knew that like from like a you know like a child but I never knew that it was you know possible to do it to a full-grown adult yeah um like that and I, I think it's definitely put it in the lexicon of everyone to be like oh this is a thing so I feel like maybe that even added to it where they're like it was, it was almost too crazy to believe because mm-hmm. it was like everybody had forgotten about Britney Spears because, I mean, she's just an older artist who was mostly doing residency and obviously going through so much turmoil that probably even stopped her from being in the limelight. Yeah. So I think maybe that was also a factor of it is people going, oh, my God, you can do this to a person?
5: Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it was just so secret, right? Like a lot of the she was so controlled from her day-to-day life that she couldn't, she couldn't come out and say a lot of these things.
4: Oh no. I mean, she did kind of like these signals that mm-hmm. were strange, um, some more deliberate than others. Uh, but I mean, most of us were just like, oh yeah, I forgot about that when Britney Spears had that episode. And then everyone was like, "What? whatever happened to her? So I, I'm very, I'm very happy to hear this. Mm-hmm. I definitely like going through since we followed it, um, when it was starting to blow up, I remember when Jamie, uh, Jamie Spears, that is stepped down, but he wasn't stepping down until like, you know, way long time. I can't remember exactly what it was. They basically put like a bookend that would never reach unless like the conservatorship was almost gone. At one point they were like, he's going to step down eventually. And that to me, which makes this even more surprising was I thought that was him being like, all right, I'm going to find a way to get all the public off of me, but I'm still going to have all this power and money from Mm -hmm. my daughter. Um, So I thought that was a signal, like even reinforcing this is going to take really, really, really long. Uh, But it seems to have been the opposite. And I'm very glad. I mean, it's, it's rare that you can go like (laughs) and be like, wow, the justice system was fast and efficient. (laughs) Yeah, Uh,
5: for sure. Well, I think just, I think a lot of it, too, came from when Jamie did step down. I think that increased the speed, too, of the process because he he was getting so much heat for this whole thing that I think, you know, he, he got to that point of like, I got us save my ass. Yeah. People were just right going after him yeah, day in and, and day out. So. And I think now he's prepping, I'm sure he's prepping with his legal team about the defense of the next.
4: I think it seems like uh yeah, you know, I, I said it when he kind of you know, when he was stepping down from the conservatorship it seemed at that point that he was cutting his losses and now it seems even more, it's like, I really got to cut like even probably even more than he thought because all these legal experts were like, no, it won't happen. You're fine, Jamie. That's, this is going to take forever and we can have plan. And then all of this happened really fast. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. he's in a world of hurt trying to be like, we got to get ready. And I I think I saw some things uh, from Rosengard saying that like, and this is, you know, off the off script, I guess. But uh, I, I think I saw him talking about and showing how and saying that Jamie's was not giving any documents or Over, anything. Yeah. yeah, when it comes and to, they like, had to like, financial, order him. Right? Yeah, and they still haven't. Which I mean, to be fair, if I'm Jamie Spears' attorney in this case, I'd be like, "For the love of God, do not give them those documents," Um, because that's what they, and that's what's making Rosengard's case. If he's the attorney representing Brittany against her father, even stronger is that he can go. Yeah, he's trying. It looks like a you know he's trying to hide something, and he can't. He phrased it the best way. I believe he said like, "They can't even give me a number of like how much money."
5: Don't you think it's crazy how how she got this really fucking good attorney and then it, all of this stuff started going?
4: Like the power of all of a it. great legal advice? I mean, if you're yeah. we taking anything out of this, obviously we, we talked about... It's
5: that Rosengard knows how to use the press.
4: We, he knows how to use the press. We've seen the power of people who are really amped up about a legal issue. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen someone who seems to be a very competent attorney... Yeah, like really actually doing their job. And so, you know, this is why everybody all over the place and like we've always said on the show, it's like, if anybody's a, and are like, you know, you might think you need an attorney, but you don't, you need an attorney. That's oh, yeah. the end of the story. All the And time. this is kind of like in that same realm where it's like, yeah, she really, really, really needed a great attorney. And it seems like this guy was doing a, you know, a crazy good job to get this really unorthodox thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I can't completely say like, oh, he was so awesome when this happened, but it's. I mean, he's the head of the argument, so he definitely had a very strong presence. In yeah,
5: that. <laughs> absolutely. I also recommend just if you're an artist starting out and you have some heat under you, uh, maybe don't let your parents be your manager. Oh,
4: the momagers. Yeah. The best.
5: Just don't do that.
4: No, momagers it's, are the worst. it's
5: going to ruin not only your relationship with your parents, uh, it's also just going to, you know, down the line, it might even reveal a lot of things you don't want to know.
4: Family business is extremely difficult it's, by itself.
5: It's but then worse when you, than normal business. But then when
4: <laughs> you add on top of that, like something that is literally managing you and like what your artistic vision is, it it's, is even more difficult. And
5: imagine working, like, because like, as an artist and a manager, you're texting your manager every single day, no matter how big you are, basically. Imagine having to do that with your mom or your dad.
4: And you still have other family things to do. Yeah, and but, it's like... But that's also kind of part of the problem, is that they kind of, you know, especially with that like momagers is the term I use. A lot of Nashville people use, which is a mom manager, but it can be a dadager too. Uh, (laughs) uh, Or a non-binary jur. I guess. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, like what I'm trying trying to say is that a lot of them, you know, are children and then they get raised up in that and they never see a world without it. Mm -hmm. And so like for a lot of them, they're like, oh, this is just what it is. But I I guarantee you, I, I definitely think that if your parents are managing you it's very few and far between that are very good at doing that. And you know, like I don't say it's impossible, but I definitely think that anyone that's like dissuading you Mm -hmm. from looking at other options and doesn't want, you know, is valuing being in a position of power over you more than helping you out in your career is not the person to be your manager. Yeah, Uh,
5: absolutely. And I mean, you can look at artists right now who have family that are deep in their, careers that maybe isn't for the best of the artists. Uh, one that comes to mind, which no hate, I guess, but I I will say after watching kind of her documentary and stuff, uh, left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth was um, Billie Eilish's.
4: Really? Why do you say that? Uh, well, Billie Eilish's
5: that. mom is very, very present in her career. Um, she's not her manager, but right. she is very much the person the manager talks to too. Yeah. As I well. mean it makes
4: sense. She's and a
5: young artist. Yeah. Well, was. well she was. She was a young artist. So it's hard to kind and of that off. now it's like, okay, maybe we need to be shifting roles here. Um and it it seemed a little a little intense in the documentary. I mean I could you know well here I can because give you a great we can example. Co- we only get a little window into it. But also I mean you look at the D'Amelio, sisters, right? Their family are huge in their, in their career. And I mean, you can look at videos of like how overworked these kids are. Yeah, so overworked. They're so overworked and they're going to burn out like crazy. Well, I it's mean, gonna they just happen. have so
4: much hate again. I've, you know, I kind of feel for them in that way. It's like, they just have people that just hate them because they, because they're dance, big. you know,
5: like, they're not even beings. like that. Like they're so like non- like confrontational. Not only that, but like just so non-offensive. And I think that's another thing that people hate is like, why aren't you taking
4: this stance?
5: And it's like, well, I just dance on TikTok. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, know Where, what
4: I mean? you know, obviously, it's like I, I, you know, you have to balance that when you get a certain level of prestige and like odds yeah. on you, and it's incredibly difficult, especially when you're very young to know what that is. Yeah. And so, and now you, I mean, you might not even know your own voice. You don't even know like Mm -hmm. what your, you know, maybe stances on everything are yet. And maybe you have, you haven't grown as a person yet to have some stances that later on in your life, you'd be like, that was really stupid that I believe that. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's incredible on these like young kids. I mean, and I guess, let's go full circle back is the Britney Spears. I mean, she's been dealing with that their entire life Mm -hmm. is, you know, she was raised in that. I mean, and if you have, if you watch the Britney Spears doc by New York times, I think, uh, then you'll see that is that she's just been rooted with that family aspect right next to her the entire time.
5: And it can be very unhealthy, right? It's, it's just, can you imagine being a CPA and you, your boss is your dad? Oh yeah. (laughs) That would be weird. It would be kind of weird. You know, um, but like at the, at
4: the same time, it seems infinitely easier because it's like you know at he's the my of, dad. Well, you can separate you know? yourself from the product more, but like when you're an artist, that's you. Yeah, it's hard to make a separation by that because that's who you are. That's how you present and yourself. And any criticism
5: the against the artistry is going to be a criticism against against you. you. So like, so. it's
4: incredibly difficult to have you know a supportive family that also has to be like, by the way, that was terrible. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com.
6: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu.
4: Let's go. Actually, this will be a pretty good transition. Uh, Speaking of uh, people who are super involved in uh, their uh, or were in their artist child's life. Let's talk about Taylor Swift, who who, uh, I remember specifically from that doc. I was just like, fuck the dad, apparently, because like in the Netflix doc, he was just like she was just basically being like, I just want to be like, hey, I don't don't want people to be racist or homophobic. And like the three guys and the dad were like, well, you got to watch out for this for your business. And the mom was like, who's the one you should be like, was like, no, you do you this is your artistry and this is what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And so we got to talk about that because uh, it seems like that she has a positive balance in her life because she just broke like so many records with this. Yeah, this is Taylor
5: week. This is Taylor
4: week. Um, It's a little weird because it seems like we, well, I talked about Drake and Kanye and they were breaking all this stuff and now we're back to Taylor. So it seems like we're kind of ping ponging between these three when it turns into breaking records all the time, especially when it comes to streaming. So if you guys don't know, and haven't seen every product placement in America, <laughs> I, I don't know how that team does so well at product placement. Anyway, Red Taylor's version release, which is a 30 track album that arrived on November 12th. And it's breaking a lot of records when it comes to uh, the Spotify streaming service. And, you know, Spotify is a great indicator of, you know, just general streaming health. It's not like she, she's doing bad on Apple, you know, or anything Mm -hmm. uh but on it on its opening day it became the most streamed album in a day by a female with more than 90.8 million global streams holy shit which spotify confirmed to billboard holy shit um which i want to bring up because somebody would be like oh why did you put female in there because it's important uh billboard put in there first off uh but it's important to delineate because we talked about Drake before who has the highest Spotify streaming record for a certified lover boy. Mm-hmm. And that's at 154 million. Damn. So there's still a 60 million differential between those. Yeah. Yeah. But still extremely impressive and, you know, puts her in, you know, the top echelon of streams for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Taylor's previous record uh, for, you know, one day album streaming was for Folklore, which had 80.6 million streams. So she ain't doing bad. Yeah. But that's a 12.5% increase in streams on re-recorded songs, which is insane to think about. Um, So like I was mentioning before, like, well i didn't mention explicitly yet but you might have got it across is that red taylor's version is the re-recording of her album red Mm -hmm. and it's the second of these re-recordings we've actually been following this story a long time too like when she broke off from big machine and sunda and like had that whole thing with scooter Braun and the shamrock holdings so like this is her trying to take back her artistry in a lot of ways yeah uh so at, at least i believe it's 21 songs on there are the, from the original album. And then, uh, she has nine additional tracks, which are noted as from the vault tracks, including, which I was very surprised to see, but it, it, I, and also surprised about how well it's doing is the 10-minute version of All Too Well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she had a lot of prolific other people on the records with her. I mean, on these From the Vault tracks, she had, like, Ed Sheeran, she had Phoebe Bridgers, she had uh, Chris Stapleton, which is really weird to be like, Chris Stapleton is doing backup. Like, mm-hmm. he seems like a minor character in a song. Uh, but, yeah, it's it seemed extremely well. I hey, you
5: forgot about my guy from Snow Patrol.
4: Oh, you're right.
5: Yeah, um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Gary Lightbody.
4: Gary Lightbody, right? Yeah, he right. has a song with her. Anyway, uh, so we're talking about <laughs> shout out Gary, <laughs> shout out Gary, Gary, if you're listening. Anyway, uh, we got All Too Well was also had a short film that was put out, which we actually watched yesterday. Funny yeah. enough, um, which had a couple of uh, you know had Swift herself, had Sadie Sink and Dylan O'Brien all playing these roles, which uh, confirmed this uh, podcast is a fuck Jake Gyllenhaal podcast. <laughs> hey, um, uh, no, well. it's,
5: it's
4: not. It's just it's just really funny. <laughs> Legally,
5: we cannot say that. (laughs) No, we can.
4: We can say we don't like Jake Gyllenhaal because he hurt Swifty so bad, Joe. We just can't. I know we can't say. Colin's a Swifty now, y'all. No, we're not a (laughs) Swifty. I did listen to all 30 songs, though. You're Um, a Swifty.
5: Not really. You're a certified Swifty. Okay.
4: I don't believe in stereotyping, but look (laughs) at me. This is not the face of a Swifty usually, and it... A could be anybody Funny thought. enough, uh, I did want to talk about this because I just think it's like, well, you had to talk about Drake, right? Because Drake just had such a huge, giant, like entrance into the charts mm-hmm. and has consistently been huge when it comes to just streaming numbers in general. Like, yeah, honestly, the biggest and which
5: is still baffling to me.
4: He's just got such wide appeal.
5: I, um, no, Degrassi really set him up for that.
4: That's what it is, man. The guy in the wheelchair. Anyway, we've made that joke like six times. I got to This is so easy. I got to watch <laughs> some episodes to like. I never actually watched Degrassi. Oh my God, you're missing out. Anyway, <laughs> I, I got to watch some episodes and I'm going to put some like deep cuts for some of the older people on the show of like references to that. Maybe that's what I'll watch next. Anyway, yeah. so I want to talk about re recordings because. First off, if you don't know, the reason that Taylor can even do this in the first place is because she owns her publishing rights. Mm-hmm. So she owns basically half of the rights that are associated with the song. She doesn't own the recordings. This uh, giant investment group called Shamrock Holdings owns those original recordings, which is why she's doing all this. Anyway, I think this is a really interesting concept for like the future because I feel like the first one was like, uh, you know, that's fun. I mean, it did well, it did really, really well, but maybe it's like, Maybe it's like not going to be out. it's just out. one thing, and people get tired of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's like oh, again, we like the old songs, but I, I think she's really coming into question about re-recording albums and songs.
5: Yeah, especially and, if you have a bad record deal.
4: Well, yeah, and like bringing that up as a medium of actually having profitability. I mean, we've talked about. Um, the idea of recapturing your song rights mm-hmm. and uh, you would, which is a, a clause basically when it comes to copyright law, well, where about, I think it's 30 something years. Don't quote me on that, that you can recapture your rights, like publishing rights. And it's like a, song. a certain window. Oh, okay. it's super yeah. hard to it's do, super but quick. you gotta be you like, like to on, be it. on it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, me and Joe have talked about like, we had to do a project about it, which was really fun to do. Someone but, like,
5: recently missed out on there.
4: Uh, their- I know that, um, a big country guy did. Yeah. Um, I, I'll think of it later. Uh, but anyway, what, what I'm trying to say is that I think most people thought of that or like the really, the one I think, cause I'm old and fuddy duddy is like these old one hit wonder artists will sometimes re record their songs because literally their masters are destroyed. Yeah. Or like they don't exist anymore, but people still want to listen to the song. So it's like, eh, we'll settle, you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's kind of what it's like. So, but I, I definitely think this is a weird Interesting thing to talk about, and I was like looking it up with our, you know, fans. I said like, do you guys think that re-recordings should be a norm for like artists? And we got a pretty divided base. I mean, it was fifty-five percent said yes, mm-hmm. and like you know, forty-five said no, which is really close. And it was gone. I was watching it back. It went back and forth all day. Um, but it was weird. I was wondering, Joe, if you want to entertain that idea. Do you think that other artists? Could have success when it comes to Re-recordings like this
5: I mean I definitely think the success is there Um, I also Think that If you I think for fans especially hardcore Fans would love to see Your different ideas And different takes with a song that you wrote 30 years ago or something Right Um, I think that A lot of artist success depends on How big the artist already is though so Taylor's having a lot of the success, especially on this album, because this is considered her pinnacle album a lot of the time. Like if you ask a lot of Taylor Swift fans, they say this is like one of those albums that like really sticks out in Which her career.
4: I'll get, we'll actually get into the other pinnacle album here in a second because I have theories about that.
5: Yeah. And so like, well, I guess maybe, maybe pinnacle, whatever. This is definitely a turning point in it's her highly career. debated. Yeah. Um, and so it was always going to be a huge release, like re-release of a record Yeah. in my eyes. Um, I think that it being, it surpassing folklore is huge. It's a huge deal. Um, and I also think it depends a lot on your fan base and how honestly ravenous your fan base is. If BTS 20 years from now still has a ravenous fan base that loves their music and they re-record some of their old songs, and change stuff. I think people are still going to like them, and people are going to stream them, right? But I, I think if you're like some indie artist that doesn't have that much of a following, might have some following, and you do like a re-record, like release, remaster kind of thing like that, I think it's going to be a little. It's it's not. It's obviously not going to be as
4: successful. I, I think definitely what you were saying is right. I, I the thing Taylor specifically has that I don't want to you know not mention is like she has the narrative.
5: Oh, absolutely. This
4: is supporting me. It's Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. This is... Ta- Everything know, is... This is a fuck you to the people that took my songs. Yeah. And uh, you should support these versions. And I also think it's notable that she, so far in the re-recordings, has stayed pretty relatively true to the To the recording. original. Yeah. Um, and and in my opinion, which we'll, I'll talk about it later in our music thing, is uh, our music section at the end is... Honestly, they're better. Some of them are just better. Like yeah, they just, just sound mixed better. better. They're mixed, you know, and it has to do with them being modernized in the way that they're mixed and the way they're played.
5: I think that's really what remasters sometimes should be. Is is but they're kind of like jokes retracking. almost
4: sometimes. You know what I mean? It's like another remaster.
5: Yeah, because like like I, I there's a band I love that had a remaster that came out and it sounded the same. It didn't they sound did. any different.
4: So you know. uh, getting typecasted again from YouTube music, they sent me like I look at my new record and I look at the new music or whatever and they try to curtail it towards me. So they sent me a bunch of twenty twenty one. Let it be Beatles mixes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't fucking care. It's yeah, no one. A shit. It's nothing new, you know, and so like now, if Paul, a-
5: Paul and like the rest of the Beatles. We're alive we're and alive, got yeah. got together and re-recorded the song. Do you think that would have been
4: that would be huge? interesting? Yeah, yeah you know I, think,
5: what I mean, I think people would want to listen to it. So
4: like I, I kind of agree in the middle. I'm kind of 50-50 like our poll is that uh, it, it seems to me that it depends on the artist for sure, but I definitely think Taylor has completely opened a door for yeah. it um, and the idea because before it just was like this is a joke like you've ended your career and now you have to re-record old songs most of the time by older artists, just because you don't have the master anymore. You don't have the rights to it. And it's just to make some money Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But now it seems like a viable, especially now that it seems like a lot of people have more of a understanding of music rights in general and understanding how they don't get paid that much based on that, especially when they don't own the rights that it seems that people are willing to support it. I honestly was trying to come up with my spouse, Rachel, about, uh, what I thought would be a good artist to do it. And I know drama. This is not even meant to be like planned or anything. I'm not even joking. I think Kanye West, I could think, do it. I think, I think it this. would be interesting because think it, he would change West. everything. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly why. And I think he could do it really well and he has ravenous fans for it. But yeah. I think, imagine this, like, I don't know. Wait, let me let me get the date first. Um, so like we'll, we'll set the scene. Maybe
5: even Beyonce could do that
4: too. Beyonce probably could do. Okay. So, well, it's already passed. Damn. I was going to say for like 10 years of Twisted Dark Fantasy, but that's 2020. Mm-hmm. Like imagine if he went back and was like, guys, I like messed around with the song to put some new features on there. I like redid some parts I didn't like. People would fucking go crazy right. for it. And I think that, that that's a thing they could do. I think also though, it's like hard as an artist, you know, to be like
1: this thing. I just want
4: the same thing over again. Yeah. It's kind of like that Simpson thing where it's like, say the line Bart. (laughs) Um, but like, that's what I'm saying is it's like, just do the song again. And I can understand why people have an aversion to it. Mm -hmm. Um,
5: I, I definitely think some artists it's, it's great for, and then other artists not, not so
4: here. Let me, let's keep on Taylor for just one second too. Do you think, the one, obviously, like you're saying, Red is definitely considered one of her better, best albums. The other one, which is her biggest, is 1989, mm-hmm. which is on the chopping block to get a re-record. Um, yeah,
5: chopping
4: block. Uh, chopping block. Sorry, I didn't mean like it's on the chopping block <laughs> to get cut off to never be seen again. Anyway, it's in the
5: gallows. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
4: but what I'm saying is that it's up probably for re-record, obviously because it has so many big songs on it, mm-hmm. and. I'm wondering. In my opinion, do you think she could break the all-time streaming record with that record? Is yes. my question. Yes. Because that's her biggest thing. I feel like I think, we've. Been I building, think it's gonna break it. Yeah, we've been building up. The last one did her alright. This one's doing better than her newer records. Well, currently, and do you
5: think too the timing of this is in her favor because now she's releasing on streaming platforms when they come out, whereas before she was having the streaming wars. Right, where she was like, I'm not going to release this on on streaming. Where I'm going to take my songs off, and she actually missed out on like a lot of.
4: Oh yeah, back like, in the early Tate t- yeah. Swift days. Um, do you think
5: that that has something to do with like the level of like?
4: Uh, I I honestly don't. Just because of her like I I could see that if this was like the first time that the, her stuff was on streaming, but. Mm it's not. It's been on there for a while and there was definitely an uptick when it first came on. Yeah, but on. it seemed
5: like it. she just dropped it on there. She just decided one day like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not going to fight this anymore. Whereas this an, is like a plant right, marketed release. Right, there was release. a whole,
4: you know, open you know, like, hey, this is on streaming. I, I could maybe see that or like for maybe a casual listener, you're like, hey, I forgot about this album. Mm-hmm. And I didn't catch it the first time because they just put it on streaming and I've you know, obviously didn't see any hoopla about it or anything. So Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like it runs into nostalgia for sure. And that as we've learned is a huge, powerful method of getting people to buy things. Uh, funny enough, I, for some fucking reason, every like three minutes I see an article from like an older, like, well, it's not even older. It's probably just, it's like a younger person being like, "Is new music dead. (laughs) <laughs> can we have no new music? And their evidence is like all these publishing catalogs are buying old music mm-hmm. because people will stream it and buy it. I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how it works. I was like, it's the same thing from before, you know, it it's just changes as people get older. And obviously the drop off of music goes, you know, things fall into uh, like obscurity and things go out of focus. But like what I'm saying is that, I mean, she's hitting this nostalgia trend. Usually, way decades before you know a lot of other artists usually do it in that kind of order of being like oh okay i'm like 55 now this album was 25 years ago here's a re-release but she's doing it now like mm-hmm. it's only been like what 10 years something like that yeah um but and usually people would be like well their career's over but it's interesting to see not um i'm definitely interested i love her playing around with song time like in terms of not actually like musical time, but like actually like with the, the ten amount
5: song. Yes. And I, I think that's a great song to do it on because it is such a story driven. Well, song.
4: I lo- like I was saying, I, I personally, when I listened to it, I didn't really like it by itself. But when you saw the video, I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And I honestly think that it's great because I feel like it leads into mainstreaming and maybe even putting back more of like conceptualism in terms of albums and songs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and also just breaking formats of you know this song is too long Yeah. I mean, this song I've seen more than any of the other red stuff is the 10 minute version because it's got the whole narrative around it with Jake It's definitely
5: the, yeah, it's the newest one. So
4: I think it's great to see her do it, especially being so popular because I feel like it helps out a lot of other artists who maybe like to do songs that are in longer formats.
5: Do you think Jake Gyllenhaal is just in a bunker somewhere? Oh, 100%. (laughs) uh, Like he's just like, oh God. She did it again. He's like, I gotta go. I gotta get in the. I, bunker. I bet he was
4: like, I made it through. I wore that scarf one time, and they caught me with it. Whatever. We were past that.
5: The scarf's been like found though, right? He got rid of it, and I then guess, someone bought it.
4: I don't I know. I'm not the bit. I'm not the biggest on the lore. I'm, not, I'm the
5: lore of Swift. <laughs> right, and so
4: like, uh, no, that's what I'm trying to say. Though it's just like, it, it's like it, a the narrative quest. of the Yeah, exactly. Where it's like you found a codex page, the details. (laughs) This was the scarf given by, you
5: know. um, By Jake Gyllenhaal, or or Taylor to Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal.
4: Um, Yeah, I I think she's got a crazy, like, career path. I don't think that she's the only one that can do this. And I want to just put a preface of, I do think it right now that. Well, do you
5: think, like, Brittany would do this?
4: That would actually be
5: great. That That would be be kind of nuts, right? Because
4: like she would come back. Holy shit. That would be crazy. Why did I not thought of this?
5: She would literally come back into showbiz and she didn't, she wouldn't even really have to tour on it. She could just, she could just
4: redo it. Well, I was going to say she could redo it, but I also think that uh, she, from her conservatorship was being forced to do a lot and she wanted to just hang out with her children and her boyfriend. So maybe that's not in her life. Right now, and obviously this, but maybe like later on. Yeah, maybe if she wanted to, but she would be like market-wise crazy, like in terms it of would like, the, it yeah, would blow up, yeah, blow up, just getting like crazy. insane numbers. Like I totally think that if she was like, I've revisited these songs after all this stuff, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't think Swift is the only one that can do this. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, um, and I'd love to see how big 1989 I think, gets.
5: Yeah, I think legendary acts. This is prime for, but I think acts on the come up.
4: You can't have, so you can't have nostalgia for something if no one has nostalgia for it.
5: Exactly. So it's gotta be like in the popular culture.
4: Right. And I think also you still have to be like, I don't think you could be like a one off. Like you had like an album that was really big mm-hmm. and then you're like, I'm re-releasing it. I'm sure it would still make money, but I'm saying like, it's not going to be insane. Like well, the, uh, it's competing with, Huge other albums.
5: Yeah. And that's what the whole thing about remasters kind of was too, right? Like, the not, not originally, like, originally they were meant to remaster to a new format. Right. But now it's like, it's like, okay, we're going to remaster to make it sound more updated. But a lot of these are just marketing pushes to push the album again.
4: Right. I mean, we're going to convert it to digital. We're going to do all this stuff. That's what a remaster was, is like just trying to make it, at the time, it's like more high five. Yeah, and and a lot of the time it was also, back when you know everyone was a studio hog and was like. You know, I, you know, all the people I like to listen to, which are like, you know, the really big studio geniuses, that those are the people that were doing like remixes all the time because they're like, I went back in the studio, like a Todd Rundrick, I went back in the studio and put my headphones on and just remixed the song in the way it should be. But all of that is just a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really small. Like that was a very small market. Yeah. And Taylor has expanded this to be like, if you have a nostalgic album and you're still an well, that an artist, and you
5: give a shit about me still. Right. right? Like where it's like, you you care about me and what I'm doing, and this is how you
4: can support me. And that's Yeah, I don't want to underwrite the narrative at all. Yeah. That. Is that like it's like this is to support me or really, it's to the detriment of the other recordings.
5: Yeah. I don't know if Led Zeppelin would get the same thing.
4: Well, after TikTok has pointed out many, many obvious things about Led Zeppelin, I don't think so either, but we'll yeah, see. That's um,
0: true.
5: What the fuck is up with these (laughs) NFT apes? (laughs) Like, do you know what I'm talking about?
4: It's nine in the morning. (laughs) It's nine
5: in the morning. But so many of us have seen these NFT apes that have been plaguing our feeds for the past like week or so. But what are they about and why do they have so much hype surrounding them? So they're called, uh, they're basically called uh, Bored Ape Yacht Club, is the name. Uh, great name, uh, for for uh, no an, an e in the e at the end. <laughs> yeah, an NFT project, but um, they were started by Yuga Labs, which has been one of the most su- and has been one of the most successful NFT projects, and has accumulated over one billion dollars in sales since its launch seven months ago, according to Crypto Watch blog. Benzinga, do you like that name? Benzinga,
4: <laughs> Benzinga, That's what it mm-hmm. is.
5: Bazinga. Yep. Sales from the NFTs are continuing to rise with a 900% increase in sales just this week. So it's really, it started out, it was huge. It kind of came down and then it's like, it's been like skyrocketing again. Yeah. And one of the reasons that it's skyrocketing is actually because a lot of uh, music industry people are partnering with them. Uh, And I'm going to get into it just after I talk about what it is about. So, what even are these ape creatures.
4: Yeah, I mean, I've seen them. Right, they got like cool sunglasses sometimes. Sometimes, or whatever, right? They like, have grills. Other times, yeah, they're like streetwear. Like, well,
5: like, I can tell you, they consist of ten thousand randomly generated ooh. ape avatars that are built on Ethereum, and are beginning to have major partnerships with music companies such as Rolling Stone, UMG, and artists such as Timbaland, who has announced a quote, "metaverse-based entertainment company." dubbed Ape in Productions, AIP, uh, that will use Board Ape Yacht Club characters to perform music and sell production as NFTs. So Timbaland stated, quote, we built a new entertainment platform in the metaverse the metaverse oh uh, All right. <laughs> that puts creative control and long-term ownership back in the hands of artists and con- a concept that is incredibly important to us. I'm just going to point out, we're going to be hearing metaverse for the next like two years.
4: Metaverse like, is kinda, so much. Well, metaverse is kind of like, uh, those terms right now where yeah, like Kleenex to like tissue paper Yeah, where people are just saying like, metaverse now because Facebook has made it like, you know, such a big thing with
5: meta. Mm-hmm. So that I... Instead I, of VR, it's going to be metaverse. They're,
4: I, they're not specifically talking about like the Facebook metaverse. They're meaning like a more general Well, they're, idea.
5: they're not, but mm-hmm. one of the reasons it's it keeps coming up is because of Facebook's announcement. Right. Meta. And it's
4: going to be an annoying thing if you read articles like me because you're going to have to actually pay attention if meta is capitalized or not. Mm-hmm.
5: So these AIP avatars will be different than the regular ones. Uh, you will get exclusive, like than the regular ones that you usually sell, where it's like just the photo, right? Okay. So you can buy just the regular uh, ape, or you can get the AIP ape if you want to be an artist, basically. And what you get with the artist is you get exclusive perks such as merchandise, events, studio sessions, custom art, and concepts, which are all contained in the you guessed it. Metaverse, baby, vague. And soon, lifelike movement will be added to the apes with the help of gaming companies such <laughs> as Epic Games, uh, with the use of the Unreal Engine. They always like to throw that in there. It's always the Unreal Engine, you know. And Braun Digital, which is a motion picture company, and according to Billboard, a lot of the acceleration, the way NFTs and especially interactive interactive NFTs uh, are coming from, is from Facebook's. Like change to meta as the company attempts to rebrand and push in a different direction from social media. Okay. So because Facebook's such a huge company that makes so much money, a lot of these NFT creators and companies are seeing, oh, there's gonna be a huge demand pretty soon yeah. for our content, our artworks or whatever. And we can really push the shit out to people and they're gonna
4: buy it. That's hilarious. Like it, it, it is kind of nuts. We thought we were like we when we did that NFT deep dive, which shout out to that. But if you want to learn more, but like when they companies back then were saying that Yeah. now they're like, it's almost like doubling down where it's like now we really, well, it's
5: just, there's going to be wave after wave. And I will say just my own personal take, I do think NFTs have a major place in music, in content, in uh, artistry, just in general. I I think, I think it's going to be the new fine art thing. It's kind of already is. To that extent. I think it has a
4: place, it's just like any other technology. Uh, everyone gets excited about it at first, and then everyone goes, Where the fuck is it? And it's like, Guess what? It takes time for people to implement it and know what it is,
5: yeah. So, I went into uh, Board Ape's like website and uh, kind of went down, like, kind of see <laughs> okay, what, is what it's all about, right? So, this is straight from the website. Each Board Ape is unique and pro- uh, programma- programmatically generated from over 170 possible traits, including expression, headwear, clothing, and more. All apes are dope, <laughs> but some are ra- are, rarer right, some uh, are rarer than others. Some are rarer than others, Colin. Some of them got to
4: be lame. I'm sorry, but keep going. <laughs>
5: um, well, TikTok says all of them are lame, uh, but we'll get into that later. The apes are stored as ERC-721 tokens on the Ethereum yeah. blockchain and hosted on ipfs what the fuck does that mean, Colin?
4: Um, what does that
5: mean? I don't know what that means. It's the means. type of
4: protocol that they use for the NFT, basically. Okay, cool.
5: Awesome. So to access member-only areas such as the bathroom. Sweet. <laughs> Ape, hold- <laughs> Ape holders will need to be signed into their MetaMask wallets. Dude, what other exclusive <laughs> places
4: do we get? Do I get, like, the kitchen?
5: Well, let's talk about the bathroom. Oh, Colin. you fucking me? All right. So the bathroom, the B A Y C bathroom, will become operational once the presale period is over.
4: The bathroom, will?
5: yeah, the bathroom okay. will. So you can't you can't do anything yet in the bathroom. But it contains a canvas accessible only to wallets containing at least one ape. Like any good dive bar bathroom, this is the place to draw, scrawl, or write ex- explicitives. And each ape holder will be able to paint. A single pixel on the bathroom wall every 15 minutes. Think of it as a collaborative art experiment for the uh, cryptosphere. Think a of it as only- Club Penguin. That's what it is. <laughs> as Club Penguin or the Reddit thing that happened. Oh, yeah, Do you remember right. that? Yeah. yeah. A members-only canvas for the discerning minds of crypto Twitter. Uh, we're pretty sure it's going to be full of dicks.
4: That's what they said. That's
5: what they said, yeah. So the response that we've seen is that, like, many people are very excited and have been buying a shit ton of these apes. Because they're going they're, bananas? They're, they're <laughs> you did not fucking
4: say that. <laughs> That's fine. Keep going.
5: B-A-N-A-N-A-N. Um, but anyways, sorry, you just you threw
4: off my groove,
5: Colin. Yeah. Um, but...
4: You can take a sec, collect it yourself. You'll be all right.
5: Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, so they're tra- they're they're taking these things and they're basically like trading cards, right? They're like baseball cards. <laughs> what are you? Yeah. What no. You go send? ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>
4: okay. Anyway, so
5: yeah, they're, tra- <laughs> they're trading cards. Okay. And people people are very excited to spend their money on them for Sweet. sure. Um, so. But many of these look at the models and the avatars, uh, especially on TikTok recently, and comment on how lazy many of the designs look and how many digital consumers are investing in these things. Oh, they're not, generated. Yeah. yeah. Like not for the artistry, but instead for the hype around the digital assets, right? So they're generated, but someone has to make the assets for the generation. Correct. Right? Like the AI can't just like make it. I mean maybe it can. Maybe they wrote some code to where it like makes custom shit or whatever. But I, I think it's like anything else where you have to you have to make these digital assets for each ape and make the combination look like it belongs there. Right. right? Which is I will guarantee like I will I will state a crazy unique challenge that a coder has to go through and a lot of uh, artists would have to deal with. But yeah, I mean, there is some sort of thing of like, isn't this kind of just taking away from what this was maybe originally supposed to be about, which is supporting artists for their art. Sure. But, um, do you think we should invest in some apes Colin?
4: Oh man, should we? And
5: what would your ape look like? Um, I want mine to be, so you get to pick the bat I think, I don't know if you actually get to pick or if it just randomly generates, yeah. but I think you do get some sort of say. Uh, I would definitely would love a uh, pastel pink background, personally, with a uh, a uh, yellow do rag uh, with maybe some round glasses. We're
4: really on this still. All right, yeah, we're on, on this. We're going. Yeah.
5: We're going deep in this. Uh, and then I would love a septum piercing uh, because I'm never going to get that in real life, probably. But I would love one in the uh, <laughs> metaverse. Uh, and then maybe. He's smiling, you know?
4: Wow, that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> can we imagine? Are you looking
5: at the apes right no, now?
4: No, I, I want mine to be uh, specifically uh, having style. He's got dudes. You can shrink in size to suit her mood. She's quick, nimble. <laughs> and when she needs to be, she can float through. It's DK Kong, Donkey Kong, you see. Anyway, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to say is that at the end of the day, this is at its finest, like, supply and demand in terms of like this is something people think are cool and you that's know, some why, people do for sure and people think the other part of it is that people think that because it's new technology that it has some innate value to it
5: yeah it just seems like club penguin it seems like an mmo to me
4: uh very much so and that's kind of what they've figured out is you know at the end of the day they've reinvented you know when you they basically figure, I mean most people have had this experience just because this console is so big, but you went on the Wii and made your me, you know, yeah. and they just fucking hit the but little buttons, didn't change to, your eyes. I didn't have to get twenty six
5: thousand Ethereum to make it.
4: Right. And so like that's what they've done is they've made the supply and demand is that they have made a system where, you know, they they've got enough hype about it and marketing to be like, guys, this is really cool and you can have one of a kind and we have a way <laughs> digitally to make sure that it's one of a kind, which is very important when it comes to NFTs because that's essentially what gives its value.
1: Yeah. And
4: so that's that's what it I mean, like on our our thing right now, we got a bunch of Pokemon on it. It's very close to Pokemon in that same way. It's like you could catch them all in that kind of same like level of hype when it comes to it. Now obviously this is I different guess some yeah because yeah. There's like, like there's say, resale
5: value. There's well, which Pokemon has cool. resale value. Well, I but mean,
4: but like, here's my difference. It's like, there's people that think it's just cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who think this is an investment. Yeah. And there's some people that are taking levels of risk that are different. And in some ways, you know, obviously you could be wrong. The market with NFTs, which is the thing I want to say straight up, especially with NFTs and crypto is extremely volatile. Um, Mm -hmm. just compared to regular kind of investments. So what I'm trying to say is that basically these people have way different levels of investment. Some of them are like, I want to invest in the technology, which I think is a smarter idea of it. And Mm -hmm. then some people think like, I want to invest in this particular ape because I think it's going to be more (laughs) expensive later. Um, I
5: I have a hard time thinking they're going to be worth if there's like 10,000 of them.
4: So that's that's you the know? beauty of this and we kind of touched on this in our NFT deep dive is that the can be being able to control the like the supply is very important here and depending on you know what their strategy is it's kind of a delicate game I mean it almost goes into regular economics where you know you want to release enough that Enough people can get their hands on it and you know, they tell their friend, they tell their friend that kind of stuff. You don't want to release too few that like no one can get it or it's prohibitively expensive, so it's not even worth. And then like you'd rather have a lot of a lot of customers who are gonna make a lot more transactions than just one or two customers that are gonna spend, you know, one million dollars of Ethereum on something. And that's much harder to build up hype for something to be like, this is worth a million dollars versus you know, like 10,000 or something. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that it's, it's very new territory and I, I believe in the technology. I believe in the space, especially when it comes into music and art, but you have to be really careful when it comes to how you view this personally. I think there's different levels of investment. If you want to be like an investor in the space, and then there's like a part of me that's like, Hey, if you want to buy a fucking ape, cause you think it's cool and you like have then them, go, then for, go it. for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it you, is, can like it. you can do You can do
5: whatever. Like you, you can do whatever you want with your money. Right. You know, I'm at the end laughing of the day. at
4: it, but like it's funny to me, but like it's just one of those things where it's like if this not, not to be like a Marie Kondo, but if this brings you joy, then uh, go for it Then go for it. But
5: I, it, it to me, it seems like very much like fungo pop. Is that what it's called? Well, we've like seen pop this energy, like hundreds you know? of
4: times. It's just, we're seeing it now. And this is the most important thing with NFTs in a digital space where they figured out a way to control supply because yeah. of the way of like copying and redoing. It was extremely hard to control supply of stuff like this.
5: Who knew if you just re-released Club Penguin, you could make a billion dollars. Well, the only, in and it, yeah,
4: it's like reinventing the wheel. And that's with a lot of this technology and also music stuff. It's, well,
5: I, touching on the music stuff, uh, I think it's a little strange the the record label thing, right? About where them you, being partner. You buy into the yeah, and then it's like you get all these amenities. But like, okay, say you make a dope song in the oh, digital studio who owns very that important. song?
4: Yes, very. Because at the end
5: of the day, it's on it's on it's made on their metaverse platform, so they could just take the song.
4: Well, you know, I I do believe, I do believe personally that like we are getting to more of a space where, you know, we've seen like TikTok is a great example of people making sounds in particular things and people being like, this person made this. Well, Timbaland
5: did state like it puts creative control and long-term ownership back in the hands of artists, but I don't see the paperwork saying that yet.
4: Well, yeah, and that's kind of, I haven't seen any paperwork yet, but like the thing that I'm trying to figure out is like. If you don't specify it, then it leaves a lot in the up in the air. So you're just sitting there and you're just like it kind of you kind of get in this mindset where you're like, why are you not specifying specifically mm -hmm. about that? And maybe they are, but like it's so new and like there's so many different platforms of, you know, different stuff like this that it's a big deal and it all kind of collides because I was A couple weeks ago, I was going to talk about, uh, for instance, Justin Beaver is doing a avatar show um, with uh, the company Wave, which is, I believe, partnered with Warner. I've talked about this in the past, but they're doing it like he's in a motion capture suit. Kind of thing. Yeah. Now, like at the end of the day, Which 3D makes, avatars are 3D avatars. So, I mean, obviously, you have different engines and ways they're rendered differently. could be the unreal but, engine call. <laughs> right. That, no, it literally could, like, 100% could be. Yeah. And so, uh, what I'm trying to say is that they all kind of collide in that way is like, we maybe people are, and I, I've seen people kind of differentiate, like, oh, well, there's this space and there's this space. But when it comes to specifically like 3D animation and all this kind of stuff, They're very related, like, and they're very similar markets. I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to me if, like, you know, a Justin Bieber went on stage and on stage, quote-unquote, on a sound stage with a body motion capture suit and had his own 3D avatar and sold, what would say, some of these fucking NFT apes Mm -hmm. or gave them away or something. You know what I mean? I I feel like they, you know, it's a co-happening, coexisting medium, especially for artists. And so... I I think it is exciting to see that because it's like, at the end of the day, another revenue stream, especially for artists is great, like to diversify and have more diversity. And that is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've talked about before having, you know, if you were an artist and you want to do live streaming or even doing stuff that's you know, YouTube videos that aren't even just music or, you know, really being a content creator. Yeah, that's diversification. And I feel like a lot of people applaud that. But then when people get into this world, because to be honest, I understand it's scary and kind of weird and nobody really understands it completely. And then people are There's a lot of
5: funky words, man. There's a
4: lot of funky words and people are telling you they're experts on it and maybe they're not experts on it uh, and stuff like that. So I understand. But like at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to get involved with this and you're an artist to diversify their business, I'm not going to fucking you know, hold a candle to their, you know, and be like, hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks really stupid and sketchy things have happened. Because I generally think that NFTs and crypto itself has a big future when it comes to the rest of the world. I definitely think that, though, it's like Wild West. You have to be really careful with this kind of stuff. Yeah. Exceedingly careful. Um, and just like... Any emerging technology like this, you just have to watch your back. It's really funny because, like, a more modern like we see this now, obviously, and it's kind of clear to look at the crypto in the NFT space and be like, "Wow, I can really understand the risk." But like, people, you know, let's use our hindsight a second. Remember fucking TikTok when TikTok was just like the weird, cringy meme page kind of stuff? Yeah, and or even worse, it was musically. And people didn't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole, but guess what? Just like all a bunch of the big creators on there. The reason they're big is because they started on the ground floor mm-hmm. of that. And we're believing it from the beginning. Actually a great example that I want to shout out to also, because he does the music for our show is uh veggie, uh, V- Veggie on TikTok, who does the music for our show, he, I remember, was one of the first people that I was, he was like, I'm in this. I fucking love it. And he's had crazy success, so much success that I literally go on TikTok videos and I hear songs. That I'm like, wow, that's a cool remix. And then I click it and it's fucking him. Like, <laughs> so, like, that's what I'm saying is like, to get on the ground level of this stuff can be insane. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the ground level is very shaky. Yeah. So just be careful and um, it depends on like what you are. I definitely think at the end of the day, you have to view this as diversification, not your way out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not like, Oh, I'm an artist that's artistically minded. And so I can make NFTs and make my way out. No, that can be a part of it. That can be a big part of your business potentially, but I wouldn't view it as this is my way to make money in the music industry completely you got to mix it up that's how you know it, and not to get super stocky on people but like that's how great pro- portfolios are made there's a diversification there yeah. that makes it secure um but i don't know i maybe maybe we need to go in on buy some apes while they're hot <laughs> uh, well but can't wait mine's
5: gonna be named Reggie. somebody
4: said i i another podcast i was to, trillionaire mindset said the best thing where it's uh and it's an old adage but i want to bring it up is uh it's uh buy the rumor, sell the news. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. I mean, like we're seeing this now, so it's probably already too late.
5: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: So that's kind of what's the thing with it. Um, not NFT in general, but the apes, mm-hmm. like it might be too late for you. But who yeah knows? I mean
5: the prices are so high, and they might not never get that big again you know
4: yeah so. and that's the thing that's crazy about NFTs it's like it's a wild West and we haven't really got to the point where we're like oh this is what we like and this is like kind of like what we believe is you know the steady NFT marketplace or whatever we, we're still at a battlefield
0: witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents,
2: Start your comeback at (sighs) purdueglobal.edu.
6: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site wide. Get forty percent off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
4: But yeah, I'll leave it at that. Be safe with NFTs. We will learn more NFT deep dive. But Joe, what are you been listening to?
5: Man, I have been listening to so much music because so much dropped. And uh, just just so you are are all aware uh, this week is Taylor week, but next week's going to be Adele week um, because Adele is coming out Friday. Oh my God. And that's going to be crazy. I think that's going to be insane. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been listening to, I found this artist that I absolutely cannot stop listening to. His name is James Ivy. He has an EP out called Good Grief. And my favorite song off the the EP, actually it's not his EP, it's a single. It's called Texas and it's so good. Um, I definitely highly recommend checking him out because I have a feeling he is going to blow up pretty soon. Um, also silk Sonic dropped their stuff. I saw that. And I've been listening to some of it and it's pretty good. I'm, I'm really into it. I have like,
4: I have a theory with that. What's your theory? I think it's underperforming, and I think they know it's underperforming.
5: I don't think so. I think, I think it, it is. It's, I think it's overperforming more. I mean, they have, like, Leave the Door Open, they have over six six 600 million streams. That was the first one. Yeah, but, like, Smoking Out the Window has 32 I million, just, which is I, pretty I, good. I, like, like, look,
4: at the end of the day, it's like they're doing well. I just really do think that I think they... I think people thought that was going to be a way bigger album than it has been. Well,
5: I I think this is more of a passion project. I totally agree with that. I was
4: reading about it and it was really interesting. Like they literally just had nothing to do with the pandemic and they were like, let's get together because we don't have any shows or anything. Yeah.
5: And like, I think that's, I think it's great. And the amount of money that it's generated from it is, is pretty insane in itself. I also got to see Isaiah Rashad last week, which was really awesome. Listen to a bunch of his music And, uh, let's see what else. Oh, um, love you later. Brooklyn was released. Love you later. Yeah. Love you later. Check her out.
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80.
3: Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.
5: All right, Colin,
4: what you mean listening? I listened to all thirty tracks of (laughs) Of Taylor Swift, all thirty in a row. It was a long time. You Uh, You know,
5: there's a lot of Swifties going so.
4: They can. So I listened to right, the whole discography I, in one can. day. But, like, you know, I'm not a traditional Swift. My thing was, is like, you know, my spouse brought up, rightfully so. If you're going to talk about Taylor Swift, you got to listen to it. And I was like, fucking right. And so I listened to the whole thing. I was pleasantly surprised at the things I liked. Uh, like, I, I really do like the title track, Red. And I really do like, um, I believe it's, oh God, I have to figure out which one it is. I think it's The Moment I Knew. Um, but mm-hmm. like for that album is really interesting in my opinion, because it seems like the first part of it is like kind of my jam. And the last part of it where the deep cuts and they're like more like acoustic and seem to be more on that. What has not aged well, in my opinion, because I have no nostalgia for it because I didn't like, well, the only thing I have from it is like listening to it in the grocery store is like the Taylor Swift dubstep era that I completely forgot about. Wait, what? And okay, here's my Wait, thing. What? People are going to go, what are you talking about? And I go, listen, I want you to listen to that music again, like genre wise and listen to like 22. That has so much dubstep influence that we don't hear anymore. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, it's,
5: like, Dove step came and went. Or
4: my favorite, I knew you were trouble, trouble, trouble. No yeah. one does songs like that anymore. <sighs> and I don't like, it's not a thing. I, it was definitely the jam. Did you see then, someone posted really the much. Taylor's version of the Screaming D- Goat remix? Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot like about that. Like the day it came out. That's great. I forgot about that. But uh, yeah, it's just a weird, I was like, this is a time I forgot that existed when Taylor Swift had like a bunch of like EDM kind of remix almost is what it sounded like, but they're the actual songs. Uh, other than that, going completely opposite direction, I was listening to 1966's Live, by, uh, which is just called Live, and it's by Lou Rawls. Hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite crooners uh, that's ever been. Uh, he's got some great songs. I, he honestly, it's just like, I would suggest you listen to it only because I think it's really interesting to listen to from the perspective of this is literally a live recording from 1966 on a jazz club. Yeah. And like it gets the whole vibe, which is interesting. Yeah. Like you, you can like hear the people in the background live live by Lou Rawls. And he does like a bunch of the stereotypical kind of cover stuff, but it's like, it's just a thing that doesn't, Happen as much anymore you know like Having a jazz guy and like it has like The fun things that I love which are like the ad Libs where he's just like sitting there It's so funny because he's talking about My favorite is called is the is his version of the girl from Ipanema, which if you know anything about like standards of jazz and all that kind of stuff is a very famous bossa Nova song. And it's really funny cause he goes through and gives like an oral, like history of it. He was like, this is a really important song for bossa Nova and brought it here and everything. Mm-hmm. But what I mean, what I think it's really interesting about it is, uh, he, he just like has this like really dry banter of talking to the audience. That would be like stuff that'd be cut now. And it's so funny. Cause he's like, you know, actually we, we have our own version. It's called the girl from Biloxi. <laughs> and and he goes, we saw it while we were going over in a plane. And it's just like, leaves that joke there. It just keeps <laughs> going with the song. And he's like, and then he's like tall and tan, you know, just goes right <laughs> in the song. And it's just weird shit that you don't hear anymore where you're like, no one would ever do that ever but like it's literally him playing in a club of like a hundred people. So that's yeah. why. Um, but yeah, it was pretty sick. Uh, again, fuck Jake Gyllenhaal. That's what I wanted to end on. Fuck Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. But yeah, I, I, I like hope, your movies though. I lo- he got, you got some movies, but you definitely, fuck uh, you Jake. Yeah. I
5: love your movies. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to this episode of the biz tape podcast. Be sure to hit the download button. Help us out maybe. I mean, you already listened to the episode but you could download it and you, listen
4: to it again. You can be a download. Yeah, I also right? found out you can do automatic downloads if you're a fanatic. I guess Wow. Uh, I had to go through mine. I guess quick spoiler for a bunch of people is uh, there's a bunch of automatic downloads if you subscribe to podcasts. if you're interested in that. And I had like seven gigs of stuff. So that was Shit. fun. That's <laughs> crazy. So if you want seven gigs of our voice, Feel free to download our show. We'd really appreciate it, and thanks for sticking around, and we'll see you next time.
0: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.